welcome to Em and Sue Watch Dollhouse, a podcast where Emily and I are watching Dollhouse both for the first time. Tonight we will be talking about the season one episodes. Uh, I believe it's True Believer. True Believer and Man on the Street. I'm Sue. I'm Em. I was trying to think of what episode numbers they were. Oh, uh, five and six? Five and six. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. These were a couple good ones. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, just FYI, everybody, we've been having some really weird audio messes. Yes. So, we're starting this one on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> We are true believers that it's yes, going to work. We <laughs> so, all right. Well, should we just dive right into feedback? Yeah, let's do. We're starting rather late tonight. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, okay, so I will so start. We're all business now. <laughs> we are getting down to business. I will start with Harold's. Okay. He says, here is my imprint. I hope it does not get remotely wiped. (laughs) (laughs) No promises this week. (laughs) All of a sudden it just disappears or something. (laughs) He's like, damn it. (laughs) And he's like, did I fall asleep? Oh, he says, well, you made it to the turning point of the series. There are going to be some very good episodes over the next few weeks. But first, True Believer. I like this one. If I were rating the shows, I would have to think long and hard between this and Great Hour for the second spot behind Man on the Street. Yeah, we might have some discussing to do on ranking. Um... By the way, Tim Minear, the writer of this episode, did a spoiler-free commentary for this episode with your former guest, John Pavlich. It's Sofa Dogs number 145. I think the biggest thing I got out of it was that he wanted to leave it vague whether the cult leader was actually doing anything wrong on the compound and leave open the possibility that while he had done some stuff in the past, he had had a... a religious conversion and the ATF guy was overreaching based on his assumptions based on previous experiences with him. You know, interesting. I mean, really the worst thing that we saw him do was smack Eliza a couple times. Yeah. And he had that huge gun cache, but eh. Eh. Yeah. We're from Utah. We've seen guns. <laughs> I've got guns. <laughs> A lot of people have gun caches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not everyone with a gun cache has got terrible ideas. Right. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Because um... that ATF guy was a total jerk. Who's the ATF guy? Just a one that was like giving Boyd all that crap and. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, he was a jerk. Yep. Um, I don't know, I guess, how much do we feel like forgiving him for panicking and hitting her a few times? Pretty bad. Yeah, that was bad. I have... It was totally uncalled for. And he did it so... You just get the idea that that's kind of how he runs the place. Yeah, it was. It didn't look. It didn't look like pure panic. It just looked like his meanness coming to right. the surface. Right. So not a lot of forgiveness. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's precious little when it comes to women being smacked. <laughs> yep. And me for me. Um. He says, also, he said that Joss always wanted to do a cult episode. To him, this was just an assignment that he tried to make work. The episode that he was really proud of was the one for episode 12. Because I have that to look forward to. Yeah. I, I thought can see that... Joss wanting to do a cult episode of something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I can see it. Has Joss written any of these yet? And does he ever? I guess you wouldn't know I that. think he wrote Man on the Street. Oh, did he? I think so. I need to start looking because I don't have my handy little guides. That's right. That's right. That told me for Buffy. I did see Tim Minear's name. Yeah, I saw that. And I bet Joss wrote the first one. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, if you're the creator of a show, be right at least the pilot? You would think. Yeah. Get on that. People tell us. <laughs> First question. <laughs> um, okay. He says, I thought that this mission made good use of the dollhouse technology. Echo was not just acting. She was, in fact, a true believer, and her strong spiritual beliefs kept her calm, and everyone else would be freaking out. Yeah. Yep. Not to mention neat eye cameras. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I want one of those for my eye. <laughs> wouldn't do me any good. But... Blind anyway. <laughs> um, uh, because she gets such a bad rap, I feel like I want to point out every time Eliza nails it, and I think she did a great job portraying Esther. Yeah, I'd say so, too. Yeah, she did. She did pretty good blind acting, because, man... There's some bad blind acting out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did good. And yeah, the first couple seconds when I knew she was blind, I was like, Ugh, oh no. But she actually, <laughs> she actually did pretty good. Yeah, she um, didn't overact. Right, right. Think blind actors can overact. Mm-hmm. Um... The episode also gives us perhaps our first glimpse at how deep the dollhouse connections go when it is revealed here that they are undertaking this mission on the request of a senator and that they are able to get clearance into the ATF. Yep, that's interesting. Okay, so what does the ATF stand for? Um, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Oh. Like in the federal world, those three are combined for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because alcohol and tobacco wasn't quite enough. They had to add something else. And they're like, oh, we'll give them firearms. We'll give them some guns. <laughs> yep. 
Because, I mean, after Prohibition, how much do they have to do with alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they were pretty busy in the 20s. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's always been like a weird grouping to me. <laughs> it's weird. He says, Lawrence Dominic solidifies his position as Echo's biggest threat within the dollhouse. But if you look at it objectively, maybe he has a reason to be concerned if it is true that Echo is going down the same path as Alpha. Yeah, I I guess so. I guess that could be his thing. He just seems to really resent her and just dislike her so much. Yeah, I'm not willing to give him any wiggle room at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's got to be something else besides reminding him of, like, Alpha. I don't know. There's, like, a personal connection or something. He just, I don't know. Or he's just a jerk, you know, end of story. Yeah, but he seems just especially, he's just got a problem with Echo, personally. I don't know. Oh. Um, but yeah, I would say all around jerk for sure. Um, in our B plot, Victor is getting aroused by Sierra. This seems like a setup for the following episode, but note how it is a concern that he keeps on getting imprinted as a romantic partner for Miss Lonely Hearts, despite Dr. Saunders' warnings. It just seems like Topher is just not as on top of his tech as he should be. Hmm. I wonder if we will meet this Miss Lonely Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I didn't wonder till Harold said that, but I did notice that whole, you know, scene and uh-huh. wondered, you know, if Dr. Saunders is warning it, it's probably is something. Right. Although it doesn't seem to be the deal for Right. Victor. Because her, her problem at first was if he keeps getting imprinted with the same for this Miss Lonely Hearts who I guess we're going to assume requires a lot of sex. I'm, yes. <laughs> then it's just like residual memory or something. I think she explained it. So, yeah. I guess I have a feeling we are going to meet Miss Lonely Hearts. I don't think they throw that out there without us meeting her later. Why is her name Miss Lonely Hearts? I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. It might. Maybe they just have, like, code, code names. names for other clients. <laughs> um, okay. So next, he says gray hour, but I think he means man on the streets. Um, <laughs> he says, Matt A. complained on the Facebook page that the street interviews, and it made me wonder, what is the narrative purpose of them? It seemed like they took up valuable minutes that could have been used elsewhere. Yeah, they were stupid. They were dumb. I was really excited at first, though, because I was like, I was right. I know. I was excited for you. <laughs> but then I was like, 
Well, <laughs> it's not really what I had in mind, but <laughs> I'll take a little. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of them myself, but I'll make an argument for them. First of all, it is a stylistic break that announces to the audience that this episode is going to be different from what we've seen so far. So sit up and take notice. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I can also give one more argument for them. As stupid as they were, it showed us a little bit of um, what's going on with Dollhouse and how the average person feels about it. Right, right. Individually, they were all stupid. Exactly. But we know that it's rumored. Everyone has an opinion about it, whether it's real or not. It's a thing. It's been going on since the 80s. Yeah. So people know about it. But it's, you know, it's it's like Area 51. Everyone knows about it, has an opinion. Is it right. Is it not? Right, right. do they right. do there? So that's something. It was know. a way to get just average people to talk about it. I don't know how important that is, but... I kind of like the first lady, the one who... The black lady that's like... <laughs> It's slavery. Who would volunteer to be a slave? She's like, seven crazy years. I don't know. That one cracked me up. I liked her, too. I was going to ask Shalee mention her. <laughs> I think my least favorite was the guy that seemed to be bi-curious. That was just oh, so stupid. I know. It's like, be a chance for a guy to be with another guy and then just wipe his memory. <laughs> I did like the girlfriend. She was like, ha, ah, ah. <laughs> Uh, that was, I don't know, I thought that one was kind of funny. <laughs> I, I thought it was too obvious. Yeah. It was too written. Yes, yes. Gotcha. I had a few problems with some lines in this episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 that was one of them. <laughs> um, he says, I think it also gives the writers, or Joss Whedon, the writer in this case. Okay, so he did write this one. Uh, the chance to address some of the issues that viewers have had with the premise of the show, and perhaps to at least state them and then move on. Um, I'm not trying. I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I noticed on rewatch that at least one of the talking heads said something very important to understanding the rest of the series. You will see what I mean if you come back to this episode after watching the whole series. Hmm. Huh. I wonder which one it was. I don't know. Uh, when I think of Patton Oswalt's performances, his kitchen talk with Ballard is a thing I always think of first. But watching this scene now, just a few months after his real wife died, very suddenly and very young, puts a whole new tint on the scene. It was sad to watch before and heartbreaking to watch now. Oh, oh. man, I was going to say, that, oh. is, that was so heartbreaking to watch that yes. in light of recent events and losing his wife. Holy oh, think- crap. I think it was just in April. I mean, it was so recent. So sad. And she just, like, died in her sleep. Just unexpected. Just interesting way that life imitated art. Yeah, totally. And Patton's just so cute. I know. You just want to hug him, you know? know. I've always liked him. Yeah. I was excited to see him because Harold... Um, yeah, Harold hinted at a guest star. At a guest star that was not in Angel or Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw him and I'm like, Pen, that's so cool. I know, <laughs> me too. 
Um, okay, I think that it is one of the best scenes in Dollhouse. As an audience, we both like Patton Oswalt, the person and the character who mourns the loss of his wife, and we despise him as the one percenter who can buy brain-controlled dolls and laugh, laugh off FBI agents because he knows he is untouchable. Yeah, he he was likable, but yeah. I there's totally, still that element. There's still that element, yeah. Which would be pretty um, not as big of a deal as it was if he just showed her the house and didn't sleep with her. Yes, right. Yeah, if he just did it for that surprise on her face that he wanted, yeah. Yeah. But they have to add that he does, and that's interesting addition. Yeah. Because that story easily could have gone without that. It could have, yeah. Yeah, that didn't have to be there. So they obviously did it for a reason, I think. I don't think it's a reason that we're going to come back to, but it probably is just... So we don't, like you said, we despise him a little bit for that part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It is is not surprising that one of the handlers would want to get free samples of his active. I am surprised that DeWitt seems surprised that it happened. We previously saw Sierra's handler, Hearn. He was a guy who went out for coffee for 40 minutes while she was imprinted as... Raina's number one fan. We also knew that he lost the previous Sierra, and that didn't seem to bother him much. Yeah, they set him up in that stage fright episode to not like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could tell Boyd didn't, and so we don't. Yeah. He didn't win any fans, and now... You know, did I... It never crossed my mind that one of the handlers would want free samples. But it is not surprising at all. It's not surprising, no. I just didn't think of it. I guess I just kind of figured they all were kind of like Boyd, you know, taking his job seriously. But there's always got to be that one. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know, if we were super astute, which we are not, (laughs) (laughs) we might have seen it coming. With his... uh, dislike in early yeah. seasons. Or I mean, I would say episodes. if after watching the first couple episodes, if someone asked me, do you think one of the handlers would ever, I would say probably, you know. Yeah, and then I don't they think asked, up... who do you think it'd be? Yeah. I'd be like, ooh, I bet it's Sierra's. Yeah. <laughs> if I was prodded, I could have come if up with it. If I was prodded, <laughs> I, I would never come up with it on my own. <laughs> um... Okay, well, Emily predicted, although not completely seriously, that Millie would turn out to be a doll. I can't believe it. I even said, if it happens, I'll be a genius. I know. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I, I was like, no way. No one was more surprised than me. <laughs> I seriously did not think that was going to... As I said in the episode, I was not willing to just say you're crazy no way but really in my mind I was like no no way it was so funny because I watched them before I edited and listened (laughs) (laughs) it was fun listening to it knowing that I was right 
Yeah. Um, I thought the reveal of it was perfectly handled. Having been trained by previous Joss Whedon shows, we have assumed that since she had a moment of perfect happiness with Ballard, <laughs> she was now going to get killed. <laughs> oh yeah, there was no doubt in my mind she was getting munched. Yeah. <laughs> we also assumed that the phone call during Hearn's attack was coming from Ballard, when it turned out to be from DeWitt activating her. Yeah, That's that was crazy. Yeah. And it was going to be the sad little, oh, be careful, someone might be coming, you know, during her death scene. Yes, yes, exactly. Just weeding, you've done it again. Surprised yeah. us. Um, who coded a secret message in Echo's imprint? DeWitt? Topher? Someone else? Echo says that it did not come from the person who sent Ballard the pictures, so that presumably rules out Alpha. This is not a spoiler since I don't really remember, but I am guessing... Adele, because Echo was aware of Hearn's attack on Millie, and who else had that information? Yeah, that... It's definitely not Topher. He is not there. That's my guess. Yeah. But Who's who's Adele? That's DeWitt. DeWitt? Mm -hmm. I don't see her doing it either, though. No, I don't either. Could it be Dr. Acker? Yeah, that's my guess, is Dr. Acker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with that. Because I just don't... Just to be able to do the imprint, it's got to be either Topher or Dr. Acker, because I don't think Adele would know how to do that, know how to put something in there. Right? I don't know what anyone knows how to do or what (laughs) anyone knows about. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, um, he has. There are twenty dollhouses all over the world. That is an interesting tidbit. What are the goals of the owners of the dollhouses? I don't know. Like finding out there's other Hogwarts around. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't relevant today because she just <laughs> came out this today with information on North America's witch wizarding school. What? It's located in Massachusetts. On a peak called Gray Graybeck? I don't know, that's a werewolf in the show, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's a mountain. We have one in America? Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. I I don't know. Finding out that there was 20 others, like, there are 20 of them, it, for some reason, it didn't really surprise me. I don't know why. For some reason, it didn't either. I felt like we had gotten a hint of it, like, very early on. But hmm. maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. But I don't think I ever really thought about it, if there were others. I don't know. Um, it sounded like information I had already thought of, like had already suspected for a reason I couldn't remember. Hmm. Gotcha. Maybe me too. Um, he ends with, as I remember, the next two episodes are very good. Buckle up and get ready for a thrill ride. Ooh. That's exciting. I yeah. like hearing that. Well, thanks, Harold. Thank you, Harold. We're halfway through the season pretty much, huh? 
Wow, I guess we are, huh? We're like a fourth of the way through Dollhouse. Moving right along. Alright, should we move on to Nutus? Yes. Okay. She says, in response to my last feedback, I was lucky enough way back in 2009 or 10, I think it was, to get to see a screening of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I was randomly in New York City visiting. I lived there most of my life, but live in Canada now. Family and a friend had tickets from another friend who worked at the theater. She couldn't go, gave me the tickets. I went and discovered a mess of my New York City friends were going anyway. It was packed and lots of people got turned away. It was one of those insane New York things that just happened. And would never happen again. But it was made possible by two podcasting peeps, one of whom I made friends with because of another impossible event. It was awesome. That brings to mind Orange is the New Black, <laughs> the last episode. Yeah. Just like surprises in Just, New York you don't plan on. I know, I know. Just that fun, awesome night that Pusey had. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Which was completely believable to me watching it. I was like, this would totally happen to someone. It totally would, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had stuff like that to a lesser extent. Nothing that cool. Yeah, I've had nights like that where it's just one thing after another, you know, totally. And just you're like, how did I get here? This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, very fun. Yep. Okay, True Believer. This one got to me when I first watched it. One, there was the whole Waco vibe going on, and the convoluted plan, but more importantly, the blank actives were coupling. I was ready, I was really into Victor for some reason, <laughs> and when he <laughs> is in his blank state, he seems so innocent and childlike, I just want to take care of him. Ah, oh, Nuchas is a mama bear! Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't mama bear him. I suppose if I got to know him better, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not right now. Not yet. Uh, man on the street. And here is where I got hooked. I feel so bad for Patton Oswald's character, and it's one of the few romantic en- engagements that I have sympathy for. Doesn't make it okay, but it's so sweet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Victor is blamed for sexual trauma going on with Sierra. I knew it couldn't be him. I just knew. That's because you, your people, your mama bear. <laughs> innocent. <laughs> this whole story was so upsetting to me, but I was happy that Boyd figured it out, and I kind of like how DeWitt got rid of the rapist. Also, Millie is an active. Dun, dun, dun. That was mind-blowing to me. Oh, and Echo glitches and tells Ballard a message. Do we trust this message? Who is sending it? So many questions. Now things are forming into a story. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know it was a glitch. I was like, why would they... What is happening? This was my biggest question of all. Mine too. Just, wait a second, what? Yeah, I got (laughs) very confused. I was like, okay, so she's been programmed to be like a killer. uh, Right. Just to snuff him out. Right. But then she starts talking to him about the dollhouse. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, and saying, you know, the dollhouse is real and tells him to keep digging, basically. 
Yeah, I was so confused. But then she sets him up and has him shoot that cop. Um, I figured if she wanted him to lose his badge for a little while, maybe, so he could just go rogue. Yeah, I but... No. I mean, you didn't have to shoot someone. <laughs> she didn't kill him. She said they're not... Yeah. They'll survive. And it, it, it seemed... I remember the first time it made I made it make sense, and the second time I didn't really think about it too much. But I believe the first time I thought, okay... There had to have been something <clears throat> that went down that was believable. So shooting him just was a cover for everything that went down. And she didn't kill him. And him losing his badge for a little while might be good. So he can just be on his own and work on this problem. Yeah. I don't know. I explained it all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Maybe we can, I don't know. It. I'm sure it'll make sense eventually. I don't think we're going to be able to talk it through and figure it out. <laughs> no, I'm good just saying. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Wait, hello? I can hear you. You sound clear. Uh, my my headphones are working. <laughs> they just magically worked. <laughs> magically working. And you can hear me through them. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's why I was, because <laughs> I've had just one earbud in <laughs> the whole time, and all of a sudden, and so it was kind of covering up the other ear because I had it to the side of my head. Mhm. Mm so one ear had the microphone. Sennheiser thing and the other ear just had the thing and then I start hearing you through the other one I'm like wait a minute <laughs> something's happening what did I do? <laughs> don't move <laughs> <laughs> no that does sound better it, yeah this sounds normal yay yay <laughs> Moe's Mo's left <laughs> Moe's. I haven't even thought of Moe's in months. Moe's is off to someone else. <laughs> he has been a trickster tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to touch anything. I'm going to keep my earbuds plugged in. I'm not going to touch the nope. thing. <laughs> Shh. Okay. Nobody move. Don't move. <laughs> so weird. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Nuchas. Yeah, thank you. All right. And then we got one, an imprint from Ray. Mm -hmm. He says, a true believer. Another engagement of the week type of episode. The religious cult storyline is just kind of average. I don't really have much to say good or bad about it. The most interesting storyline is Victor and his man reactions. <laughs> we get some pretty funny stuff from Topher. I think that in order to really enjoy the show, you need to accept that the whole premise of the dollhouse is pretty heavy and kind of icky, but that it's okay to laugh at stuff when it's funny as well. Topher is usually good for some laughs. 
It also introduces the fact that Victor has a thing for Sierra, and that carries on to the next episode as well. Yeah, it's icky, but I, I don't mind laughing at the funny stuff. Oh, no. I don't have a problem with it. I... Plus, it's just a show. I mean, yeah. yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't watch shows politically minded as much as maybe some people. Neither. So. I don't want to ignore icky things and everything, but. Right. I don't ban shows and things very often. (laughs) I ban them just when they're bad. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I will ban them when they're bad, for sure. Not because of controversy. (laughs) Um, Man on the Street. Well, here it is. This is a big episode that everyone talks about as a turning point for the show. Before I even started the show, I was told to stick it out until this one, even if I really wasn't into it. So I had some really high expectations for it. And even by those standards, it really lived up to them. I think it's a really great episode of TV. It's written by Joss Whedon himself and has more humor and wit and emotion to it than any episode that preceded it. Not only that, but the acting is really great by all the regulars, as well as a great guest starring turn by Pat and Oswald. I was really shocked for the first time that Ballard came face to face with Echo during the engagement and the conversation that took place after him afterward between him and Joel Minor. And that's just the first ten minutes of the episode. Having Ballard run into Echo before the opening credits certainly lets Vera know right away that this episode is going to be different. This one is a lot more serialized than the first five and really moves the plot forward. Lots of big reveals. Paul's got confirmation that the dollhouse is real. Someone inside programs a message into Echo for Ballard. There are dollhouses around the world. Melly is inactive. And more. Those reveals should have big consequences moving forward. Yeah, it did reveal a lot. And yeah, my... Man, when Paul is face-to-face with Echo for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. That was shocking. It was. Um, Hopefully, after Man on the Street, you guys feel more invested in the story and are more excited to continue watching. After I saw it the first time, that was when I really got excited to see where the story would go from here. And I was already shipping Victor and Sierra. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ray. Yeah, thanks, Ray. Yeah, I I would say I'm definitely interested to keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely piqued my interest for sure. Yep. Well, all right. Well, thanks for the imprints. Indeed. Or feedback, everyone. So, should we get into True Believer? Yeah. Uh, so in our, we never thought of cult, huh? We were just all about the evangelists. <laughs> yeah, I. That's my first note. I'm like, oh, fundamentalists. We didn't think of that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is surprising, being that we are in Utah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Although our fundamentalists don't go around in buses singing, they keep a lower profile. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure they sing. Oh, I'm sure they have songs. <laughs> <laughs> but they rarely go out as a group, and they keep as low profile as possible. But you can picture them, because they do dress like that. Yeah, yeah, the look was pretty uh, spot on. Yeah. I forgot, Harold did sing, send uh, a recap. Yeah, I've got it open right now. Do you want to read it for True sure. Believer? Uh, it says, imprinted as a blind woman, Echo must infiltrate a heavily guarded cult in order to rescue someone being held against their will. Echo's eye implants transmit what they see to government agents watching the compound, though she herself is blind. Echo's imprint is not that of an undercover agent, but rather someone who fully believes she has been brought there in a vision by the cult's leader, a former felon. However, when that leader becomes paranoid and violent, it is Echo who steps up to save the day. Paul Ballard continues his search for Caroline using facial recognition software. Dominic begins to reveal how much he is suspicious. Sorry, Scout. Very nice. Did you draw that? Yeah. It's pretty. I couldn't tell if you drew it or not. It's so good. <laughs> Looked like a little coloring page. Yeah, it looks good. She labeled it Lovely Fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay. The thing I was going to say was to scout. She's gone. <laughs> I was going to ask her if she was getting her dunglies on. Okay. Paul Ballard continues his search for Caroline using facial recognition software. Dominic begins to reveal how much he is suspicious of a fears echoes so much that he <laughs> weird nonsense stuff. <laughs> As he fears Echo so much that he tries to kill her. Topher and Dr. Saunders observe a surprising and supposedly impossible reaction between two of the actives in their doll states. Evident, evidently, Victor finds Sierra attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, G-rated sum up of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yep. We thought of everything but fundamentalists. We did. Um, but I don't have too many notes. I don't have a whole lot. Um, I, did, I thought it was well acted. Um, I didn't find it super engrossing or... Mm -mm. Um, it was I liked it. I liked it well enough. Yeah, I liked it well enough, too. But, yeah. But I, I'm not, um, I wasn't super, I wasn't a super fan. Uh-uh. <laughs> In fact, the second time it was kind of hard to get through. Yeah, when I, I watched for the second time this morning, and I had watched these, feels like a long time ago when I took the notes. Yeah. And so, when... 
I started them this morning and True Believer came on and I was like, oh yeah, this one, uh, I'll watch it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I kind of yeah. felt like skipping it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. But it's it's fine. It is fine. It's perfectly cromulent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but not too exciting. Yeah. I wrote down, maybe I can get one of those camera things for my eye. <laughs> and then I've got... And I'm glad that we have this platform, because this has bugged me, like, my whole life. Okay, people? It's not Zion. <laughs> <laughs> It's Zion. <laughs> yep. Everyone pronounces it Zion. <laughs> Except those of us who live in Utah. <laughs> who we some say we actually live in Zion. It's Zion. It is Zion. And maybe we're the ones saying it wrong, but we've got the park. That's how we pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> we have the park and the bank. Yes. And the department store that's been gone for a long time. Oh, yeah. But we called it ZCMI. The Z was for Zion. That's right. Yeah. It's not Zion, okay? So quit doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And they even did it, like, in front of Elijah Dusku. And I'm like, fix it. (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> it's a mormony word <laughs> it's totally mormony i don't know maybe the east coast mormons call it zion <laughs> maybe it is just us but man. have you ever heard zion national park no i have uh-huh. heard other people say it i have not i don't think i've ever heard anyone use oh. it in, ter- in ways of the park oh i have yeah i was just listening to to a podcast, I can't remember, might have been a Nerdist, where Chris, yeah, I think Chris was talking about he and his girlfriend went to Zion's National Park, and I was like, (laughs) it's not Zion! (laughs) (laughs) It's also not Oregon, people, it's Oregon. (laughs) Yes, Al Pacino instead of a woman. (laughs) So, I don't want to hear any more of this Zion stuff. Okay. (laughs) I'm done with my rant. (laughs) It was well said. (laughs) I have a little rant. You don't wear pumps with cult dresses. You wear sneakers. <laughs> who, who was wearing pumps? Why Jadushku when they were carrying her from the scene? The guy was carrying her from the fiery scene. She had pumps on. I was like, what? What? No, 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 no. the weirdest no. thing I've ever seen. All right. That was a wardrobe fail. Total fail. Yes. They, every time I've seen those women, they've got on like Nikes like, or Reeboks. Yeah, Reeboks. Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is the only acceptable footwear with polygamous cult dresses. <laughs> Never in my life have I seen them wear anything else. Um, Pumps. 
<laughs> That's a, I didn't, man, she was hitchhiking too. So she was hitchhiking in pumps. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is she the one that got carried out of the uh-huh. burning building? Okay. Yeah, that that was Boyd, her handler, carrying her out. Yep. Because for some reason, the head ATF guy was just. He knew Boyd and Esther were in there. Uh-huh. Because he's, like, on the news, you know, like, doing the news interview and, oh, yeah, we got everyone. And, you know, if anyone's left, they've perished or whatever. And then Boyd comes walking out with Esther. And it's well, like, did he talk to uh, Douchey? Because he wanted her to stay in there. To, uh... Dominic? Dominic, yeah. Did we used to call him douchey? Yeah, he's yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. Am I wrong here? <laughs> Boyd talked to him because Boyd is like, we need to get her out of there. He wanted like an emergency extraction or something because suddenly the ATF was like going in there sooner than they expected or something. And Dominic wouldn't let him. But I don't know if the ATF guy did. I don't know. That guy, like, just, he had, like, a power trip, and I don't know. Hmm. I don't either. I wrote down man reaction, and then I wrote down man bulge. Isn't that what he calls <laughs> Kevin in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we saw the interview, we couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why did he say that? So in Cabin in the Woods, they, they're down in that cellar, and the one picks up oh. the, the diary of the girl. And she, I swear she says mad bulge. And then... That's right. Like a little while later, like they're making out and Topher, you know, uh-huh. in the movie, he walks by and he's like, his man bulge is showing or something. <laughs> we were definitely giggling. We giggled. It was me, you, and Kat because our cousin Steve was in town and we went to the movie with him. <laughs> and our brother Ben. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did it again in this. <laughs> yes. So it was mad reaction. <laughs> oh man. Um. I have Haley neighbor always brings him huge meals. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I call her not Haley in my notes. <laughs> I call her Haley neighbor, but I like not Haley. <laughs> we had to post a picture of Haley. 
We should. <laughs> she really looked like her. <laughs> she does. I know. <laughs> we'll do that. She won't mind. Yeah. Um. I put. I would last for like five seconds in a cult like this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like walk in. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just wrote, what an arrogant windbag. I think that would just, uh, I just could not. I Seriously, yeah. five seconds was, would probably be pushing it. <laughs> With just some Yahoo up there. I don't know. <laughs> five minutes would probably be pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> Nope. No way. I just couldn't. No, I always find him very strange. Just really, yeah. Just um, unsettling. Well, especially when they're like packing AKs and stuff and still trying to like Bible stories and stuff that just I don't know <laughs> just yeah nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was like is he wanting to do like a group suicide oh, that makes me mad I, I enjoyed Echo's rant <laughs> me too I liked it when she smacked him in the head with that candlestick Cause like, so what do you think is, do you think he really thought they wouldn't get burned by the fire? Kind of. Or I kind of th- did. Yeah. Or it was just almost like a, if it doesn't work, mass suicide will mass be fine suicide. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Oh, I just started getting that yucky feeling when she's reading that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, horror. Yes. Well, and I was impressed by her reading skills for someone who went blind at nine I know. to be able to, to read names like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> I, I had to shush a little bit. <laughs> total shush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as we Mormons like to say, this will probably be the only time I'll ever quote scripture on this, is faith without works is dead. It drives me crazy if he was serious and thinking... If we set this on fire, God will save us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. I mean, it could. Once in a blue moon, some miracle in the Bible happened. Right. But you pray if you want to, but there needs to be action on your part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that the fire wasn't going to harm him. That's just insane. It's it's insaneness, yes. 
And even though I mean he it. he doesn't know that him smacking her is what brought her eyesight back because it like jiggled those cameras loose or whatever. Well, that's what I would have thought. That I smack something loose. I know there was cameras <laughs> in her head or her lenses. But right. I would have thought I like stunned her brain, like whatever part went blind at some point. Right, right. Like head injuries could probably make you blind. Sure. You always hear about weird neurological weirdness. Oh, oh yeah. like those people who bump their head and then they can speak Chinese and stuff. That's just weird. Yeah, I just saw something about, yeah, that is just weird. But I, you know, I saw just... a little video on Facebook. I didn't click on it, but I saw the like the article title and it's a woman that woke up with an accent, an English accent. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's how she talks now. And it was like a brain injury or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But now did he, that Sparrow guy, the, the leader of the cult, did he, did he die in the fire? Is he the, he's the only one that died, right? Or did he get out? I don't remember. I don't either. I think he... I want to say he didn't make it. She knocked him unconscious. Right. And then Dominic shows up. So where did he come from? Why? Because he comes up. Yeah, he said he was lurking around because he didn't trust. Yeah. Whatever. So he punches Echo and makes her pass out again. Because he's like, this is my way. chance. Yeah. And then Boyd comes and saves her. And I think the leader guy was still in there. I don't know. Did the show just kind of lose track of him? Or was it <laughs> good to have him just die? I think he just died. I really do. <laughs> but yeah, this Dominic, what's his stick? What is... Why does he have such a stick up his butt for her? I don't know. Hmm. He's like the FBI agent <laughs> that has a stick up her butt for Romero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Fed. What was she? DEA. DEA. Yeah. <clears throat> Just these mysteries. Yeah. Neither have been solved. You know, I liked it. I liked that the way that they infiltrated was to have her be a believer and not like a undercover FBI, you know. That was smart. Yeah, no, that was a great... Again, it was a interesting way to use the... They're already making it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. The last few episodes of not just same old stuff, which is a good sign that they're already doing that first half of the first season. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah it was decent I liked it okay mm. yep I'm not going to race to rewatch it no but if I rewatch this series I won't skip it either no so um should we talk about what's his name what is his name? Who? The man bulge guy. <laughs> no, not the man bulge. Oh. 
Oh, Victor? Victor. Victor and his man reactions? Man reaction. Or I guess we can just incorporate that all in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean... At this point... Um. <laughs> so at this point, they just notice that he gets an erection in the shower when Sierra's in there as well. Mm-hmm. And Not- he pays her particular notice. Yeah. At lunch and stuff. And Dr. Acker thinks it's because he's been imprinted like seven times for this Mrs. Lonely Heart. And that maybe doing the same imprint over and over again is, just causes... I think she called it, like, residual memory. That makes sense. Yeah, she is worried about that. I think that... Um, um, it makes me think of Echo doing the shoulder to the wheel. Right. It's like, what if she got put through that scenario with that guy so many times? I could easily see her... Um, kind of yeah like having it be residual right because it already is a little bit but to have it happen so many times you'd think it really be I just I think the message is you just no matter how hard you try you cannot control people right the human spirit is always going to come through yeah definitely that you can't just wipe everything away. Is it a uh, total coincidence then that she's being raped by you know her that's handler? that's that the kind of weird. I don't. That's the thing I don't quite get. I guess it is just a coincidence. So that's kind of shushy. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I'm I'm glad it didn't end up being Victor. Oh, very much. So that was really upsetting there for a few minutes. Absolutely. And I don't even mama bear him. Yeah, because it'd be like two people that don't even know what they're doing doing it. You know? And yeah. That just that's too icky. Mm-hmm. Not that a grown man who has his mental capacities doing it is any better, but because it's not. Right. <laughs> it's just icky. <laughs> That's gonna be the tagline for the show. It's just dicky. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really was glad that it wasn't Victor. But they're still gonna have to. I I don't think the story of his man reactions is gonna go away. Oh, certainly not. And what's up with the? He likes to say we're married or pretend we're married. Yeah, they like That's a yeah, little That's a little weird. It's like he's on his way. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that line until you just brought it up. I don't know what he means by that exactly. It seemed to be just something to make us suspicious of him. Exactly. Yeah, cuz when I don't know, you just <laughs> We don't see a lot of them interacting except for doing yoga and treadmills and eating lunch. Showers. And showers. Yeah. 
What would I mean? What would he have in mind saying? What's what does he say? Pretend. Yeah, pretend, play house, or pretend that they're married. She definitely used married. Yeah. So I don't know. What would he be referring to? If it's not sex, like just... Could just be sitting together when they eat. I guess so. But it seems to me, how would he even know that word and what it meant? Right. I don't know. From what I know of the dolls, they don't seem to know a lot of stuff. (laughs) No, they seem very, like, impulse, like, suggestion is, like, do you want a massage? That would be great. Right. Are you hungry? Yes, I am. You know, not, it's it's like they don't think of anything on their own. Mm -mm. So that is kind of weird. Do you think it's just like one of those, just like a red herring thing? Like it just. I'm hoping it's not true, but I'm guessing it was just done to serve the purpose of the plot by making us more suspicious of him. Yeah. That's just my or guess. could Sierra have could could that be what the handler said to her? Do you think he knew to throw suspicious suspicion on him at that point? No, I'm just wondering if the handler <gasps> oh, said it to her and she they're all assuming that she means Victor or she mistakenly said it was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now I don't remember it well enough to know if she used the word Victor or Or them when asking her a question. Yeah. Or if they were just referring to who was hurting her. Right. And they all thought it was Victor because of his man reactions. Yeah, because that wonder, sounds like something that a someone raping someone mentally challenged or a doll or something would say. Would say, like, let's pretend that we're married. This is what married people do. Yeah. That makes more sense. That it was the handler saying it. And maybe, maybe Sierra only said he and they just assumed it was Victor. Second question. Yeah. Do you guys know? (laughs) (laughs) That just makes more sense to me, that it was the handler saying that to her and not Victor, because it doesn't make sense that Victor would say that to her. No. But they all were like, "Uh uh-oh. Right. Right, because at the time... So they they didn't have trouble accepting that. Right. But, on the other hand, they were thinking that he was raping her, so... They're like, what does he know? (laughs) Yeah. He's acting abnormal, you know. He's not supposed to be doing this, so what else? What else could be in there? Right. But saying, let's pretend we're married in order to have sex with someone that's of diminished capacity, that's that's pretty um, diabolical, you know what I mean? Like that requires right. a lot of that's what I think is the thought. Yeah, perfect for him. Yeah. Okay. 
So. Yeah, I'm going with that. It was the handler that said that. Okay. And it it got misinterpreted as Victor saying that. And people let us know if his name was ever asked in that conversation. Yeah. I yeah. guess we could look it up. But if you guys just know off the top of your head, we wouldn't have to. Yep. Because I'm not sure which episode it is in now. <laughs> uh, you know what? That might have been in Man on the Street, actually. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, speaking of Man on the Street. Let's get into it. Okay. Says, Echo is engaged by internet billionaire Joel Minor, Patton Oswalt, who hires her annually on the anniversary of his wife's death. Once he finally made his fortune, he purchased a house and invited Rebecca to the address as a surprise, only to lose her to a traffic accident three blocks away. Boy, that is a lot about that little minor story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minor's fantasy is disrupted by Agent Ballard, who was shaken at the sight of Caroline. His interrogation of Minor reveals that Paul is obsessed with her. One of my problems. Okay. Paul defies this by beginning a relationship with Melly, but is further shaken when Echo is sent to assassinate him, only to go catatonic and recite a message from a spy inside the dollhouse. She is. Okay, so she went catatonic? I didn't even notice. She did, like, stop fighting him. I wouldn't call it catatonic. Hmm. Okay, I guess I just figured she was done fighting and wanted to talk now. (laughs) 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 Uh, She explains that there are over 20 dollhouses around the world, all connected to the wealthy and powerful. She charges him to ferret out the dollhouses network true purpose. Meanwhile, Sierra shows signs of sexual abuse, and Victor is implicated as her assailant. However, Boyd stages a sting operation. Good night, babe. I heard you. You're my best. Have a good night. Meanwhile, Sierra shows signs of sexual abuse, and Victor is implicated as her assailant. However, Boyd stages a sting operation and discovers that it is Sierra's handler, Hearn, who has been raping her. DeWitt sends Hearn to kill Melly, explaining that Melly knows too much. But when Hearn attacks her in Ballard's apartment, DeWitt calls the actives, calls and activates Melly's combat training programming. She is a sleeper active, and she uses those skills to easily kill Hearn. Ballard is relieved of duty for reckless behavior while Echo completes her engagement with Joel, at last allowing him to live out his fantasy of surprising his wife. Oh, so they redid it? I wasn't Uh, sure if they did or not. I was going to ask. Yeah, at the very end. Because... Because, like, Echo mentions it. She says that the... She was kind of disturbed that she she did she the drawing of the house. Yeah, that she wasn't... It, it wasn't finished or it wasn't complete or something. So they... I guess they imprint her again and... 
yeah, the very final scene is like her and Patton Oswald on the lawn of the house, and she has the surprise look on her face and all that. So he got his little fantasy. Okay, that's what I thought, but then I started wondering if they just were showing it again. No. To make us all weep a little bit for Patton Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I think it just shows again because she was wiped that she retains some of that. Okay. Uh, well, I she knew that the what are they the mission or whatever like wasn't it got interrupted by Ballard, you know. So if it was true, my next question was going to be, was that like a sign of humanity in DeWalt? DeWitt? Yeah. Or kinda... was she like, uh-oh, we better complete this so she doesn't get alpha-ish? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Because like... I don't know. I, I'm not ruling out that DeWitt gets some humanity at some point. I'm just wondering if that was our first sign. Yeah, maybe. I liked her way of getting Hearn killed, you know. Yeah. Go, I have go, so many questions. <laughs> go go kill this lady. She knows too much, and then she activates her, and she kills him. So That's was it. that her way of getting rid of him? Not putting yes. him in this mysterious attic? Yes. She just sent him on a suicide mission of sorts? Yeah, because... Yeah, because they can't just fire him because then he can talk about Dollhouse, you know, so he's got to go. And that was a that was a good way to do it because he was going to kill her. So. So is Melly totally wiped? So is this just a program person? I guess so. I. They call her a sleeper active. So so it could be like um, just like people that are hypnotized, <laughs> like on the Dick Van Dyke show, <laughs> when they have a hypnotist come to their house for fun and the hypnotist is supposed to be hypnotizing like three of them, but Rob is like in the kitchen getting... Yes, Richie, a glass of water, and he. No one knows that <laughs> he's getting hypnotized. <laughs> he's been hypnotized, and he's perfectly normal till he hears a phone ring, which was a suggestion, and then he turns drunk. Right. And so, you know, great madcap fun ensues, where every time the phone rings or something, we get drunk Dick Van Dyke. Right, and then the phone rings again, and he's sober, and then it rings again, and he's drunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> And this lasts at the office and at home. And, but he's just normal Rob until he gets activated by the bell. So is it like that? Is she just normal Melly or is she like totally been formed into a person that could be, you know, make casserole, make him food, make him, you know, Maybe, maybe that could all be, like, keep him distracted. (laughs) Yeah, and make him think you're this harmless neighbor with a crush on him. And that's your way in to keep spying on him by keep bugging him whenever you... Yeah, that's probably what it is, is that she's imprinted with 
you're in love with this guy. Yeah. I guess I'm sh- I'm almost sure that will be answered. Yeah, I think so. If so, that takes away a few of my gripes about this episode. It would make things a little better for me. Yeah. Because the activation was something about flowers. Like, there's a yellow flower. Right. So, and that's what brought her into, like, combat. Yeah, like ninja skills. Yeah. But, yeah, I bet you she was, like, imprinted with, you're going to live next door to this guy. And you're in love with him, you know. Keep an eye on him. Every time he hears door open, bring him a lasagna. <laughs> or some manicotti. <laughs> yeah. So my first note on this one is, haha, it is a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I made note of it in my head. Just not on paper. My first note is Pat Oswalt. <laughs> yeah, I, after I wrote down it is a reporter, I have, I think it's Sierra's handler who's hurting her. I just never thought it was Victor. That just didn't make sense to me. No. I, I just guessed right away because he was a sleazy guy. I did not guess who it was, but it made sense when I found out. But I did not think it was Victor. And I wrote down, it's smart to follow the money. Mm -hmm. Because that's... Usually that's how things like this get solved, is follow the money trail. Sure. And that's when I wrote, Patton Oswalt, sweet. (laughs) And then I wrote, Eliza's acting is not so great here. The porn stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It wasn't good. No. (laughs) So, okay, wait a second. So, So she was inside the house with Patton when Ballard breaks in. Yeah. So didn't he get the surprise out on the lawn? That's what I'm thinking. So why did they have to redo it? That's why I wondered if we were just seeing what we didn't see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. We but saw I really do her think... pull up, and we saw them in the kitchen, him kind of explaining it, and then it got interrupted. But right. we assumed that that scene happened. We just didn't see it. And so I was wondering if just to make it a little more uh, I don't know. It just just to play it, you know, as they right. play the scenes. Right. I think they sent her back. I really do. I do too. Talking it out, it makes sense that the fact that she was um Maybe she just knew that it would come to a different end than the FBI guy breaking in. Do you know what I mean? Like Echo did? Yeah. I think... Because she's the one that wanted to go back. Didn't we see them in bed, though? 
No. I totally made that up. Why would I make that up? Uh, we saw the bed. It had like rose petals and candles lit, but we didn't see them in it. Huh. We saw Ballard and Melly in bed. Yeah. I'm just kind of disturbed. I had like a vivid. <laughs> <laughs> you fantasizing Patton Oswalt in bed? Elijah <laughs> <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I don't know what you have planned for tonight, but count me out. (laughs) That's just weird. (laughs) I really thought we saw it, so that's weird. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think so. Whatever. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I I can't decide if this is just the worst line or if it's a little bit brilliant. No, but beat it, F bitch I. She was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Try that again. I didn't get that. (laughs) Who says it? Um what's his name? Joel, Internet Billionaire. Okay. When they're talking in the kitchen and he's explaining his story, he asks her, he's like, So she looks exactly like your wife? And he goes, no, but beat it, F bitch I. She was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not brilliant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> later later he says he'll throw the Kindle at you. And I was like, oh, okay, this is just the worst. <laughs> Joss Whedon, did you write these lines? <laughs> I think Do you hate Patton Oswald? <laughs> He'll throw the Kindle at you. That's yeah, that's horrible. I think, yeah, yeah. He's just a tech guy, so there's not books anymore. It's a Kindle. No, that's so bad. <laughs> I know it is. It is. It's probably one of those lines that like looked better on paper. Yes. Then. And I. I have to believe that Patton Oswalt saw both those lines and was like, well. (laughs) (laughs) They're paying me a lot. (laughs) I owe Joss a favor. (laughs) What am I going to do with these? (laughs) Guess I'll just do it. (laughs) That's what I would have done. So my question is. Were they able to imprint Echo from actual Rebecca, his wife? I wondered that, too. Or did they just come up them what he wanted, what she was like, and they were able to get different personality traits 
I don't know. It's still such a mystery to us. Yeah. But we know they're real people, and we know. Right. But we don't know if they get them before how they get these, right, and if they have to be dead or alive, or either, or because if it if if they really are imprinting, because it this he does this once a year, right? So it's not mm-hmm. just Echo; it's been other girls, other actives. He didn't seem to care who it was, right? Because, like he said, Echo didn't look like her, right? So. If they are imprinting him from his actual dead wife, then they can extract that after they're dead. Or, I'll throw this out there, some of my theories I throw out there are right. I I know. (laughs) Everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, back into this one. (laughs) <laughs> um, she was a nurse. They were always struggling for money. Oh, what if it was like I said? I did say that it would be like maybe it was one of those medical experiments where paid you a little money, <laughs> right? Like maybe grab stuff out of your brain. Maybe is it possible mm-hmm. that she had done it and he knew about it? That's how he knew about dolls. That's dollhouse. how he knew about dollhouse. Oh, okay. It's her entire brain. Maybe, maybe. If so, though, this is the first time I've thought of this. This is just coming right out of my mouth. You'd think he'd kind of want to get a gig kind of like Melly. He's so rich. You know? Why not find just like a permanent... Right, someone who looks enough like her and... And has her brain imprint. That's true. Mind. Why doesn't he do that? Yeah. So maybe maybe they are just able to get really close to how she was. Yeah, that just doesn't seem that satisfying to me. Mm-mm. And we may never find out. We may never. Hmm. Okay. This might be one of those, they want everyone to just shush. And let us let them have these yeah. pieces yeah. of real people, and it's never explained. Which is fine. I don't need to know every single answer. Yeah. It's fine. I'm pretty curious about this one, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> I really want to know. <laughs> but, you know, we, we were lost watchers. You have to let some stuff go. Yes. <laughs> we learned. <laughs> um. I have a quote from Topher. I can't, I can't remember who he's talking to, but he says, you know, like a doctor who helps kids, you know, gross kids. He was talking to Boyd. <laughs> gross kids. <laughs> Now I'm trying to think of the conversation. He I was know. really impre- I think it was when he was really impressed with how he figured out that it was what's his face? Hearn. Yeah. But why is he talking about a doctor helping Gross kids. Gross kids. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that made me laugh. I don't quite remember. Um 
But how I was I wrote down how did Boyd decide when he saw that camera um that it was Victor and his and he had them isolated and then I'm like, Oh <laughs> he was setting them up. Cause he knew Right. He knew that Hearn would probably take advantage of the fact but... that they thought it was Victor. Right. Yeah. Why did Victor have a um a temporary handler? Did we see him get killed in one of his little Russian scenes? I don't know. I was just wondering about that. I don't know. I don't remember. see in his I don't remember his handler getting killed I don't know maybe he was on vacation maybe <laughs> can, can they do that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into Ballard and Melly yeah I, just, I wrote Haley neighbor gets the guy okay when exactly did he fall for this girl Okay, here, first, before that. (laughs) I feel like the show has forced him being obsessed with Caroline, like, romantically on us. And they've been doing it for a few episodes. Mm -hmm. And it feels very forced to me, because there's nothing he's done that's made me think he's obsessed with her as kind of like almost a love interest obsession. Right. I feel like that's been forced on us. and I, don't I do too. I still have a hard time believing that it's a romantic thing. His obsession with Caroline. Okay. Good. I think something else. I do too. And I don't like that. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because the first, like, hint of that or the first that someone said that, I was like, oh, that's what it is? Oh, he's in love with her? I didn't, I never got that. Uh-uh. He's zeroed in on her because I feel like maybe he either knows more about her. I figure like maybe her parents asked him to do it. I've had a lot of theories just past. Well, she's also the one that Alpha I mean, Alpha is sending him pictures and videos of. Right, but I didn't like... know if that was if Alpha did it because he is trying to find Caroline. Oh, and gotcha. Alpha knew that. I, when I first saw, when he gets that first picture of her, Ballard from Alpha in that envelope, to me, that was the first time he had seen her. Oh, maybe. And like, this is just, Alpha just happened to have, you know, this was a way that he could put a face to someone in that, in the dollhouse. Yeah. And right away, Melly's like. start with her getting all jealous about it and maybe I just am giving him credit because I don't just automatically assume every guy is going to get obsessed over any beautiful woman you know right Right. I just don't no because I don't think that's real right so it's bothered me when she when Melly 
has obviously been jealous of her. It's like, well, because she's she's in love with this guy, and here's this really pretty girl that he's got pictures of, and he's spending a lot of time trying to find. I don't know. I think Millie's pretty too. I mean, I know it. That kind of insecurity is yeah not flattering. It's not, but I can see a girl like Millie being a little insecure. I can see her, yes. And if if she's been programmed to be like this, then all is forgiven. Right. So that's a new spin. Which I that really, I, I think, yet. I think that is going to be what it is. I think Millie's programmed to be in love with him. I think she is just a big program. Interesting. Because I, for one, back to my original, what I was going to start with is when in the world did he become someone that wants to kiss her? That took me by surprise, Because this whole time she's kind of been on the edge of pesky to him. Mm -hmm. Right. Just making the remark about, that's a lot of lasagna, you know, for leftovers. That's the whole pan. That's not something you say to someone you're half interested in. He didn't say it in a flirty manner. No. It was kind of, you're desperate, and I'm on to you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, the kiss took me by surprise. Maybe it's a way of him proving, because... Yeah, someone said, or... Because Patton kept giving him crap about being obsessed and in love with Caroline. Or Echo, whatever. Maybe it was a way to, like, prove to himself that that's not what what it is. But that would mean that he is if he feels like he needs to prove to himself. It'd be like... That's true, but maybe he's trying to, like, take a step back and go, am I? Uh, Maybe. You know, because maybe he's, like, that's not how it started, and he's like, I don't want it to appear that way. I don't know. Or it kind of has, like, beard vibes. It kind of does. It kind of came out of nowhere, his relationship with Millie. (laughs) Yeah, and I felt, again, it wasn't earned. Mm -mm. It was just thrown in. I was happy for her. Except then she got all weird. I mean, she's been chasing him and totally desperate for him. And then all of a sudden, she's like, whoa, we need to just be friends because the last guy, she wasn't, she hasn't acted like someone that got burned by her last boyfriend. No. I don't know. I think they're still just trying to flush out maybe her character or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We're still in the early stages of a show that doesn't last very long, so <laughs> I have to deal with it. Maybe I'm just nit- nitpicking, but these are little things that in shows. No, I had all those me. same thoughts. Okay, good. I mean, obviously, I, I'm not as bothered by him, but I ha- all those same thoughts came to me, too. Like, whoa, that kiss came out of nowhere, and... You know, why is she all of a sudden, you would think that she would be like, yay, he kissed me. And instead she's like, I think we should just be neighbors, like borrow a cup of sugar. Yeah. And you know, all of a sudden she's like, all, what? yeah, <laughs> issues girl. 
If you're going to have issues, girl, have some signs earlier. Yeah. Or maybe she's just awkward. You know? Maybe she just doesn't know any better. When they were in bed together, it was pretty awkward. Yeah. Her, she kind of was insecure again. Oh, you're going to... My stock's going to plummet. Yeah. I was like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Haley. (laughs) Not Haley. (laughs) Shut up, not Haley. (laughs) Not mother. (laughs) Not mother. (laughs) Not Haley. No, she's not full-fledged doppelganger, but she definitely looks a good amount like her. Oh, yeah. If we juxtaposed pictures of the two of them, people would see it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because if he's... Here's the thing. If he's not serious about wanting a relationship with Millie, then he's a dick. Yeah. Because... The worst thing you can do is sleep with a girl that you know has a crush on you. Oh, yeah. Because then, if you aren't serious about wanting a relationship with her, you've really done some damage, you know. And he's going to be hating it. Yeah. She's your neighbor, you know. You're going to still see her every day and let her have the crush. If you're not interested, just not be interested. Don't. Yeah, stay doing what you've been doing the last five episodes. Yeah, exactly. Let her have the crush. She'll eventually get over it, meet someone else, you know. Don't sleep with her. That's the, just the worst. The thing is, though, he acted, ever since the kiss, he's acted super, like, all-in boyfriend guy. He kind of did. So And so that's what bothers me a little bit, is that was not earned at all. Yeah. Or, I don't know, it just, it was weird. Yeah. It's awkward and weird. Yeah. I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It'd be weird if we just never saw her again. <laughs> but... <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> She's an active. I know. That's super interesting. I was looking at it. You're right on that theory because it's super interesting. I know. <laughs> it's interesting that there are actives out there, like sleeper actives. Yeah. How many are there? <laughs> so she must have been the one that planted like the camera in his apartment. That must have been one of her missions, huh? Um. Hmm. Yeah. Probably. It could have. Um. I keep forgetting his name tonight. Who? The guy. <laughs> the FBI guy, Ballard. No, no. Dominic. Don't know. <laughs> The active that likes Sierra. Oh, Victor? Victor. Victor has had access to his apartment. As the, uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have also been him. Could have been. But she's had more access. 
I'm thinking it's her. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, no, that was a good episode. I can I can see why people talk about episode six as like the one you know that interesting stuff gets revealed. Yeah, not only that, but it's like a gateway to super interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, like I'm really curious. I'm going. I really think it was Doctor Ecker that. Yeah, that's my first guess. That planted sure. the. The message. Totes. Yep. So. All right. Well, do you have anything more to say on that one? No. Although I hope it. I don't know why I was gripey about it. I just was. (laughs) Doesn't mean I didn't like it. (laughs) But yeah, I had some problems. Oh yeah. No, you had valid. Yeah. No. With the writing. I didn't even know it was Joss, but. Got some writing problems. I didn't even. It wasn't until my second watch that I even got the Kindle. When I watched it the first time, I was like, "What?" I it just didn't. Throw my the mind, Kindle. <laughs> my mind didn't go. Oh, throw the book at him. Okay, it wasn't until the second watch. I think my mind just went, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> I will not accept the pen. I was well just said that. Nope. So, rankings. Let me let me bring up my my little spreadsheet. Number one is Gray Hour, right? Yeah, we have Gray Hour, The Target, Ghost, Stage Fright. So, do you think Man on the Street deserves number one so far? Yeah. Okay. Me too. And even with my gripes. Okay, so Man on the Street, number one. So that puts Grey Hour up against True Believer. I liked, personally, Grey Hour a little better, I think. But it's kind of a toss-up. It really kind of is. Because, yeah. Well, let's see. I suppose we need to talk it out. Yeah, okay. So the thing that was interesting in True Believer, like the cult stuff was just kind of meh. But the... um. Like the Victor Sierra stuff. Yeah, that was good. Did anything like that come out in Grey Hour? Was there any, like, interesting subplot stuff in that one? Um, It was interesting that she got remotely wiped. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Sierra played her, too. Okay, you know what? That puts, to me, that puts Grey Hour over. Okay. That's how I feel, too. I mean, the stuff with um, with her being blind and the good acting that went on, mm-hmm. you know, that was pretty good. But I don't think it was as good as... Yeah, I think the remotely wiped stuff trumps the Victor Sierra stuff. Yep. Agreed. Okay. 
So then, but I would say true believer is better than the target. Yes. So I'm going to put true, let's put true believer as three. So then that puts the target as four. Ghost is five. And stage fright is six. I could just probably fill in all the stage frights as... <laughs> Next week, it'll be number eight, then number 10, then 12, then 13. Yes. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and put those in right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All righty. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was a... I liked how we talked that out. <laughs> <laughs> the rankings? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fun. Because. That's what they do on Dusted. I like that concept. Yeah, it's kind of fun. They kind of, you know, they're in season five now. And they, <laughs> they like have types of episodes now grouped together. So now when they get to one, they like know what part of the timeline to go to. Because they're like, it's one of these kind of episodes. <laughs> then they sit and discuss it. Maybe I'll start listening to that one. You should. Yeah. It makes you, I think, it's a podcast that make you really appreciate, especially the earlier seasons, more than you would. They just say some stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah is good about that. Never thought uh. of that before. But they hate Ted with a fiery passion. John Ritter's episode. Oh, I thought Dusted was just Angel, but they do Buffy too? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I they did not did realize. Kind of like we did, except only one episode at a time. But they they put out two podcasts a week ever since Angel came out, so there's still a Buffy one every week and an Angel one every week. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, they did it like us. Once Angel came into the picture, they started reviewing it too. Oh, right on. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I think you'd like it. And like I said, it makes you appreciate some things about the earlier seasons. That They, they look at it different. They look at it from a storytelling point of view. That's kind of interesting. Oh, gotcha. But sometimes they look at it so much from a storytelling point of view, I feel like I disagree with some of their stuff because I'm like, I don't really care that that is a bad way to tell a story because I just thoroughly right. enjoyed it anyway. Gotcha. And sometimes they'll do that too, but you know, it's it's interesting to hear it from a storytelling point of view and you know, they, they, for the most part, seem to know what they're talking about, structure, story structure-wise and stuff. Nice. Sometimes I'm like, eh, chill. <laughs> <laughs> chill your ass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty good. I think you like it. 
it's time you started listening to a Buffy podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All I don't right. have a lot of predictions going forward. We did a pretty big prediction section last time. Oh, yeah. Well, we have, let's see. We definitely have new stuff. We have the new... It's kind of like that new stuff where it's like, I just want to get my popcorn out and watch. Right. But we do have the next episode oh, titles. Yeah. Okay, here they are. Talk about titles. Okay, so episode seven is titled Echoes. Like Echo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She gets cloned. Yes, so there's <laughs> lots of echoes. Yeah. Could it be another, because he did like kind of hallucinate herself in the target, but was that just because of that drug she was on? Oh, yeah. So. With the crazy bell bottoms. Or is it echoes as in like. Echoes. Memory, like a. I was going to say, maybe she, it's a play on. Echo having, like, a lot of flashbacks. That's kind of what I'm going with, actually. Like a like an echo in her head. Like like more... That's more, more realistic answer than clones. Than, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Unless it's like Taffy. <laughs> Having a bunch of echoes would really be boring. <laughs> it would, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more I'm, interesting I'm thinking... to have her, like, echo some stuff from her current. Like, they, she can't turn it off and, like, they just flash through her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like For a second, she's, she's taffy and then she's... Yeah. Eleanor Pants. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever get to say that name again. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I'm going to, that it's like little flashes of, because I really do think she's going to become like aware of what's going on. Yeah. They're just, too. they're hitting at it a lot. Yeah. From day one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think echoes of her former missions like people that she's been in like Eleanor Pence <laughs> yeah are gonna and they're like ah how do we deal with this yeah like she just wasn't completely wiped like maybe dreams or something so yeah that's what we're going with not clones not lots of echoes okay and then episode 8 if you're sure <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to watch it. <laughs> Episode 8 is called Needs. Needs. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Um, is this about Victor and Sierra? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got. <laughs> That's good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's like one of those where like the titles are 
mean something to each other, like echoes, needs. Oh. And episode nine is like cheeseburgers. Yeah, needs, that's pretty, mm, I don't know. It it could do the old Joss Whedon thing where you start getting really serialized and then you throw some, like, really stupid <laughs> episode that has... <laughs> <laughs> like, she just gets some... Do we call them Johns? <laughs> <laughs> Client. Clients. Some client that, like, has some really weird needs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so it's gonna be like a one-off like a yes <laughs> just when you're like totally hooked <laughs> totally into the arc of the thing there's one that has nothing to do with anything then you get go fish <laughs> <laughs> is this dollhouse's go fish <laughs> i don't know i think we would have been warned harold that's true. Harold seemed to imply that, or outright stated, we've got some good ones coming up. It's true. I think he would have said, don't get discouraged. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> one stinker. <laughs> Remember, go fish after passion. <laughs> so, yeah, needs. That's a tough one. That. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the easy way out is just say, oh, it's Victor and Sierra. Which it actually could be. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. Like maybe they'd let them experiment and be a little couple. A little wiped couple. <laughs> like, let's see what happens. We let's won't send them on any jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep them in this controlled environment. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. So... Because Victor has, wait for it, needs. Needs. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. Alright. Alright. Okay. Yep. If you want to send us any feedback or imprints, <laughs> uh, you can send it to suewatchesbuffy at gmail.com. And you can join that Facebook post page. Jeez. <laughs> M has needs. M has tired needs. I do. Yes, join the Facebook group. Sue watches Buffy or Yes Mother or both. So. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. See ya. All right. One day, I'm going to understand. Zaya.
played a song on there and it didn't go through my headset. So I'm like, what? Crap. I just bought these and I have been so careful with them. When I'm done with them, I curl them up and I put them up on my dresser in my room so no one can step on them. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like that. Anyway, oh, funny story too. Just a little sidebar. Rob had all these like windows open Mm -hmm. and the one that was on the screen was like this heart surgery walkthrough thing Mm -hmm. studying up on and I looked on one of the tabs and it said booby files (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I'm like that is so not Rob (laughs) but I'm like I just have to see, because how could I not look? <laughs> so I click on it, and it's these fly fishy things, and it's, it's flies, it's booby flies. It's a type of... <laughs> oh, I just laugh. Oh, that's hilarious. 
I'm going to have to tell him that story tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Booby files. Who is she, Rob? Who is she? <laughs> says I'm recording a call. It also says there's a new version available. I hate that. That's what mine says, too. It says it's recording and that there's a new version, but... Oh, it's so scary. I know. Do I sound decent enough to record? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if... The microphone is going through my mic, because I can't believe that if it's the mic of my computer, I'd sound decent enough. No, you you sound fine, really. I I can just tell it's just not how it normally sounds, but it sounds fine. People would be able to listen to it? Sure, yeah. I don't know what's going on. If it worked fine on Rob's computer, I I wouldn't be confused. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, that is weird. Well, the audio troubleshooter said that my device is working properly. That's weird. It's not, though. Or something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's up to my ears and nothing's happening. Weird. Okay, well... I think let's end this call at least and see if one of us can get the recording to play because I don't want to waste my time tonight. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. So let's both try our recordings. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you said hello a second time, I was like, no! <laughs> That's because I had my headset on and not my earbud. So I couldn't hear you. Oh. But guess what? What? I did record and I play it and it goes right through my headset. What? <laughs> and I sound fine. That is weird. So, what I am going to do is have my headset on and my earbud and I've got my one earbud I could probably put both earbuds on my ears because <laughs> I really think it's using my mic but I'm not positive but I there's no way I sound that good through like a little computer microphone I've never used right this computer is garbage there's no way it's microphone sounds decent gotcha okay so something's really weird, and I uh, hope that it's magically gone next time. I want to try an experiment. Um, tell me, I'm going to keep talking, tell me if uh, I mute out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If I muted my mic on my thing, it would tell me if it was using my mic. Oh, gotcha. 
Oh, I'm going to try it again, unplugging this. Can you hear me? Yeah. Ugh. It's really sound weird. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> it made me echo. Marching, 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 marching,